Welcome to Bat Therapy, the psychology of Batman, superheroes, and other comic book characters. Be a fly on the wall or a bat in the cave, listening in on a friendship built out of a love for talking Batman, comics, and the everyday struggle to achieve mental health and happiness. We are your hosts, clinical psychologist Dr. Amelia Brown and comic enthusiast and nerd aficionado Keaton Hopkins. This podcast is about providing education and understanding and is not a replacement for mental health treatment or support. If you're needing help, go to bat-therapy.com for resources. Okay, so Spider-Man. We're yes. doing we're doing Spider-Man again, and it's okay. I yeah, it's my favorite. Spider-Man is so probably good. one of my favorite in Marvel because he's one of the only Marvel characters, in my opinion, that becomes that's anywhere as interesting as Batman, uh, hmm. as far as his villains go. Ah, he does yeah. have good villains. Yeah, he has good villains, and because there's like, especially in this movie so many different spider-man it it also mm. makes it that much more interesting so we're doing into the spider-verse yes I which keep, yeah <laughs> i know it's so hard to keep them all straight i i get them all all of them confused now there's so many spider-man movies yeah um but man like i was so, what four minutes in no i think i was two minutes into the movie and i'm texting Keaton and Bill furiously in our Bat Therapy podcast text group. And I'm like, I forgot how great this movie is. It's just so good. Yeah. We yeah. The 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 Bat Therapy group chat is a wonderful a a, a wonderful place. Yep. Wonderful place. It is. I it, all right, so this the way I keep them separated, the Tom Holland, all of the Tom Holland Spider Man movies have the word home in them. It's like, oh, yes. yeah, because it's homecoming, far from home, no way home. And then all the Andrew Garfields have amazing in them. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. And then yeah. standard Spidey is Tobey Maguire. Just standard. Absolutely. <laughs> Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man 3. That's it. Yep. That's all you need. And then this is new, Into the Spider-Verse. And I mm-hmm. keep getting it mixed up because i think the new one coming out this year is across the spider-verse yeah. and so the minute i heard across the spider-verse i accidentally kept calling the first one that so it's into the spider-verse if we say it wrong at any point oops yeah <laughs> oh well oh well but Whatever. Yeah, this this movie is absolutely amazing it brings in uh miles morales who's a very interesting a very interesting character of his own and it's fun because it 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 is a multiverse movie that mm-hmm. does i'm gonna just say it it does the multiverse so much better than dr strange did <laughs> yeah you definitely yeah. got more of a feel for mu- a multiverse than yeah. you did with dr strange they it, they dropped yeah. the ball with that part of that movie I, i'm I would still agree. upset about it i'm still upset but i haven't been you I haven't holding yeah. a grudge about a movie that doesn't I... matter to your life? I would never expect that. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I have my I have my issues and It's fine. That's why I accept yeah, you. It's why podcast. I love you. Exa- I was about to say that. It's why you're here. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm here to get fixed. Get no, fixed. you're you're here so you can entertain people with your stubborn that's anger right. yes. towards There's the face. disclaimer. This is not a replacement for mental health. I Whenever I listen to the episodes, I skip broken. that. I skip that part. I skip that part because I'm like, it's a fix. It's totally a fix, right? Like, but provides information, <laughs> suggestions, things yeah. that you can use. But you know, yeah. yeah. Sorry, Keaton, we're not fixing you here. But yeah, it's such a good movie. <laughs> yeah. I the the vibe, the just the the approach to how they. How they drew the movie, all the music. I forgot how awesome the music was. Oh, yeah, the soundtrack. Into the it. soundtrack so is good. excellent. Yeah, I love the score and mm-hmm. the soundtrack. The soundtrack's extremely it's a so it's a perfect road trip. Listen, if you haven't mm-hmm. yet, like definitely hit up the Into the Spider-Verse soundtrack. It's it's there every song's a banger. I absolutely, I absolutely love it. But Miles Morales is such an interesting character because he is 
a fish out of water in several different ways in yes. this movie because he's like he's at a new school mm-hmm. and he's the new spider-man like mm-hmm. he just he's all over the place and he never has a chance he definitely needs some mind so he definitely could use some mindfulness right because his mm-hmm. his world is constantly just going Yeah, his world is going, going, going. There's a lot of changes that he's dealing with. And not only that, but there's a lot of pressure on him. Because there's there's the pressure of he's going to this new, essentially like a charter school Mm -hmm. to live up to his potential. And his dad's a cop. And I mean, he seems like a really, really great person. But, um, you know, cops, preachers, kids, like all, you know, like there are certain... (sighs) occupations <laughs> yeah. that if your parent is that occupation and by the way some people think the same of psychologists i'm not saying that we're not one of them but cer- certain occupations for parents can sometimes add added pressure to things yeah. like being the cop's son um at the school might be an added pressure not to mention that he meets all of these other spider people well not that's not even the right spider they're not all people spider i don't folk. know what Spider folk. <laughs> I'm gonna say spider. I'm gonna say spider folk. Just there you go. yeah, because so we got a all pig. The spider folk. Yeah, because there's the pig in there and the robot and the the robot. You know. Right. Oh god. It's so such a fun movie. <laughs> it's so good. But yeah, I mean, and he's under a lot of pressure with them to be able to perform right when he gets his powers, and they understandably so have don't have much faith in him because. It's a really complicated to learn your powers. Well, also, too, the pressure's on him even more because, and they don't even, they don't know this, but the Spider-Man, the Peter Parker that was in his world, he just seemed Mm -hmm. perfect. Yeah. He just seemed absolutely perfect, right? He put out a Christmas album and everyone loved him and he just had a great relationship with MJ. Right. It just, he was, he was just the best best right yeah so he is the best he's essentially like died in these catastrophic circumstances so there's almost like this martyrdom he he died to save us all like yeah how do you live up to that yeah yeah and he's so stressed out and like honestly his only his biggest outlet is hanging out with his uncle that gets it and constantly is just like miles you're cool man like it's gonna be okay you're gonna figure this out graffiti this wall right yeah. yeah, and like, yeah, and it's his his uncle's there for him, and more so, and it's it's really interesting because I think I think that happens a lot with with people. Sometimes their parents might not be the people they can go to, mm. even at a young age. Their parents aren't the ones they can go to when it comes to venting or when it comes to uh to stress. They, but they're still adult figures that they're constantly able to reach out to, whether it's a mentor or yep. a youth pastor or a teacher or a coach. Yep. There, there's always someone you can reach out to because honestly, a lot of the stress that they have might just be coming from home. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is that you can see it's a very loving family. Absolutely. I, I think there can be this misconception that if a if a person is feeling really stressed or is under a lot of pressure or or even if they're seemingly crumbling under that pressure at times yeah. that someone's out there doing something wrong his parents don't seem to be doing anything wrong they actually seem to be very understanding and caring and yeah holding him to some pretty high standards but nothing it doesn't seem like anything that he can't handle but you're right um he does have his uncle in particular that he relies on and then later peter uh parker because of the Mm -hmm. superpowers obviously And, and that doesn't necessarily mean that there's anything wrong with his parents and what they're doing it's just that you're right you sometimes you need to step away from a certain place or situation and have kind of the outside safe space and i I, it's it's so funny because i feel it's it i think one of the things that makes this movie so good is no matter what age you're at there's at least one part of this movie i there's several parts i feel like i can personally relate to but there's just (laughs) so many different moments like when he's i i 
I still remember just being in middle school or high school and and like liking a girl and trying to talk trying oh, yeah. to talk to her and just completely fumbling over my words and being like, "Hey, I'm I was just going to be over in that corner dying." I just <laughs> see you. I, and I'm I, like, "Did I, I say I... my name? Did I in- even introduce myself?" No. <laughs> I'm still going to go to the corner and die. It's fine. I, I love his uncle trying to teach him how to like put put a hand on the arm and be like, hey. It's so horrible. <laughs> I'm like, cause I'm sitting there listening to it and I'm like, no, do not invade her personal space. Don't do that. Just say hi. Don't touch her. Don't touch her at all. <laughs> like, I, I sit there, I'm like, no, don't listen to your, don't listen to your uncle. And, and saying hey in a suddenly deep voice is probably the creepiest thing you could possibly do. <laughs> while reaching out and just slowly touching their arm. Like, no, don't do that. Uh, and, and oh my gosh, it was, it was so funny. Cause I feel like everybody has a moment like that where they have like a crush and mm. they're like, I'm going to, I'm going to talk to him. I'm going to get up the nerve and talk to him. Or they're suddenly just right next to you. And you're like, Oh God, I, uh, hello. Yep. And you don't know what to say. But that ended up being like Gwen, uh Gwen Stacy. Uh and she was a she was a great character as 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 well. And so but yeah, Miles is just dealing with it because and and one of the things that I thought was really interesting too was how at the beginning of the movie, when we see him, he's actually walking past all of his old friends. Mm. to go to his new school and i'm like oh my god that has to be such a rough feeling like being yanked from the place that you're comfortable with Mm -hmm. your comfort he he's he got his comfort zone got completely taken away uh and when when he was just thrown into this new prep school where he doesn't fit in and he kind of gets picked on from time to time and yep. he's doing everything he can to get sent back and get kicked out because he's like, this sucks. Dude, and let's talk about Amazing Teacher because he gets a zero. I love when he gets a zero on a quiz or test or whatever. And he's like, oh, I guess you should send me back to my old school. And she goes, so if you were, if you had no idea you were completely guessing on this, what uh, you'd make 50, you'd probably get around a 50 out of 50. She was like, in order to get a zero, you'd have to know all of the answers. And then she gives him a hundred. And I was like, that is a great teacher. Absolutely. And another thing that, that I liked about that teacher was she then gave him a non subject related. Oh yeah. Yeah. School. Assignment. I'm, a te- I'm a teacher. Why can't I think of the word assignment? This story. <laughs> You're I'm on, on spring break right, right now. now. I'm on spring break. I'm on spring break this week. There's no no school, nothing, nothing. I think we can all understand completely shutting off that side of your brain during spring break. Right. <laughs> I right. got you. I got you. Um, you know I forget words all the time. So Yeah. Spring break in your thirties is different from spring break in college. It's it's <laughs> <laughs> You just sit in the corner drooling. Yeah, the yeah, you just kind of you might cry once or twice. It's different. It's a little bit different. You're just like, "Hey, coffee. This is fun." And yeah. But yeah, it's, she she gives him a different assignment and it's um it, it isn't it about like what what he wants for himself, what yeah. he what he's hoping for. Yeah. And it's it's I really liked it because sometimes in order to move forward it because you get so stagnant especially when you're unhappy and it's like okay do something Mm. to change it up i've even done that as a teacher before i've seen when students are frustrated or upset or just the information is difficult and they've just been working really hard and it's just they're just not enjoying it and and i caught you know i i've i've done it before where i've called an audible and i'm like wait time out (laughs) Let's do something different. Put the books up. Let's play some games. Yeah. Pull out the pull the switch out. Play some Smash Brothers in the mm-hmm. middle of class. Like let's do something different. Let's take a yep. walk. Let's go across campus to the Chick Fil A and do some just something to change up to to change up this this position where a lot of the times kids that age just feel like they're they're trapped in and just. Mm. Stuck in this everyday 
cycle and they're just like, will this ever end? And so I really like that that teacher it does. That. Then you have to get a real job. Yeah. Stay in it. <laughs> yeah. No, don't stay in it. I would not. I would not well, wish yeah. high school on anyone. <laughs> yeah. Anyone. Definitely not middle school, but not high school. <laughs> you know, what you're talking about is actually something that I think is really important in therapy as well. And there's actually, there's kind of these factions in in therapy and treatment where you, you just with everything else, you have different generations. I know with teaching, there's also like different generations of what, what kinds of teaching you might be trained in and what the approaches might be. And there's the same kind of thing with therapy. And more recently, there's been more structured treatments where you have a, a manual or a process that you kind of go session by session, mm-hmm. which is really helpful because you make sure that you're hitting on, it, it's essentially a map to make sure that you're taking the right directions to get to where you want to go. Right. But if you stick too closely to a map, let's say something's changed. There's a detour, there's a roadblock, there's construction. If you stay too rigid, then you get completely thrown off if things don't go exactly as planned. And they never go exactly as planned. I'm assuming in the classroom, they never go exactly as planned in therapy because it's life. It's it's human nature. It's you know living from day to day. Things get thrown at you. And so I, I totally... Um, do the same kind of thing where I'm looking for when are things hitting home and then how do we pause? How do we shift? And also another thing I feel like you're kind of getting into and this teacher for Miles left it really open to him. So he actually integrated some of his graffiti art into it mm-hmm. um, is making sure that things are fun and integrate more than just one thing you don't want to just get stuck like for example you don't want to get stuck just writing a paper or sitting and doing a problem or just talking about an emotion that you have you want to make it real you want to use your whole mind even your whole body to participate in whatever you're doing so that it can be more successful and and it it it's more than just the mundane where like you were saying, like students getting stuck or him just trying to leave. Okay. There's something wrong. So she shifted. And that's so important to be able to do. Yeah. And, and you know what, and what's funny is we see another character in here that is uh, stuck as, as well. The Spider-Man that trains him. Um, Yes. He's 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 stuck. He's in a rough place in life. And what's so interesting about it is his stuck is being Spider-Man. Like he's Mm -hmm. like, I'm Spider-Man and I don't do anything else because I'm a hero and that's all I need to do. Right. And it's like, no, you need to get your relationship with Mary Jane in check. You need to try and lose weight. Like there's so much stuff that you need to do. And his valid excuse for it is sorry saving lives and it's (laughs) it's such it's a great excuse it's a great excuse and and honestly that's something that's so real because the thing is the word excuse has a negative connotation to it Mm. but sometimes you have valid excuses but they're still excuses right it's like it's one of those things where like say for instance like if i am trying to make sure I exercise but I come home after work every day I'm super exhausted I don't get sleep enough sleep at night I'm way too busy it's like these are valid reasons that I can't exercise right these are valid reasons but they are excuses right like it's still one of those things where it's like okay yeah that's a valid reason but you do still have to figure out something out yes and that once again is a huge crux of therapy because people usually come to you because life isn't what they want it to be so inevitably there are there like you said there are always going to be valid reasons to do something there are always going to be valid reasons not to do something there are valid reasons for how we act and react to things and the the piece of it a lot of times is is very much that 
where it's okay. Yeah. These are great reasons, but you're still here. So yeah. if you're here, what are we going to do about it? And and so this Spider-Man, he this Peter Parker, he actually didn't want to do anything about it. He yeah. wasn't he didn't choose to go somewhere and and you know, people choose to go to therapy for one reason or another. They might feel forced by other people sometimes, but all in all, a person chooses to go there. He didn't choose. He got plopped into another universe, yeah. into another multiverse and then had to figure it out. So he was actually forced to face the fact that he's making all these excuses and then had to decide from there, okay, well, am I just going to be the great excuse Spider-Man or am I going to do something about it? And he slowly shifts his perspective. You know, he slowly shifts, but even at the end, it's like Mouse has to kick him back there. And it's so great. It's such a great scene because it's like, it's like, uh, it's this really cool moment where it's like Mouse truly just embraces Mm-hmm. his his being spider-man and he one-ups the guy yeah. that's been like training him and he's like sitting there and he's like dude you gotta go home mm-hmm. because even then like the that spider-man that had trained him he's sitting he's trying his best like i'll make the sacrifice i'll do it mm-hmm. i'll do this i'll do it. And he's like no i see through you i know what you're doing you're trying to do everything except face yes you're trying Isn't to do that everything amazing? except face up to it. Isn't that amazing how how much effort and energy that that we can put into avoiding something we we really oh, yeah. don't want to face for one reason or another? Oh yeah. Whether Absolutely. we don't think that we are capable, whether we think it will feel terrible, um, whether we're afraid of what comes after that point. You know, there are so many reasons that that might go along with why we're sidestepping, avoiding whatever it is. But mm-hmm. it's amazing how much energy. And that's the thing is that um, some things aren't that hard to avoid. But if if it's something, well, I mean, like he, he's avoiding a big major component of his life yeah. and it's making him miserable. But he, yeah, he he tries so hard not to have to face it that you're right. He literally has to get booted back yeah. in order to resolve it. Yeah, and all and what's interesting is all of the different spider folk that we meet all still have that common mm-hmm. motif of they lost someone close to them. Yep. And they became a a hero be because of it. And what's interesting about this one is in this one, it's not Uncle Ben and it's Miles uncle who mm. also happens to be the Prowler, a, a supervillain that yeah. works for Kingpin. And he is such a cool character. He's such an interesting <laughs> character to me because a lot of the times, especially in like the antagonist is just an antagonist. Mm. And what makes this so interesting is that you actually love this uncle. Like, he's such a good uncle to Miles. He is. He's so sad. He's such a good uncle to Miles, but he has this other side Mm -hmm. of his life that he does keep completely hidden from him, which is good. It's like, I'm not going to expose him to Mm -hmm. that but he is not the person that we knew but what's interesting about that is when i was like taking notes like getting ready for the movie i'm like he's not the person that we thought we knew but at the same time i'm like but he is yeah like he's still a good he's still a great uncle Mm -hmm. he just his profession Mm -hmm. isn't the the best well and and there can be a lot of things that go into the profession um you know he i mean they definitely suggest he kills people so (laughs) i mean you know it's not that he just like steals stuff i I think most of what all of us can can agree killing's worse than like theft oh yeah but but theft of life versus theft of things (laughs) it's all theft (laughs) but you're right where once again and and i think that that comics and movies and everything just in general they're doing 
more and more of this nowadays about adding layers to characters. And and I agree with you. I love I love how they they take his character and and we see him like Miles sees him. We get these little hints, you know, his his dad makes a few little quips that Miles doesn't pay attention to because he's, you know, a preteen or young teenager and his dad's saying it. But we as the audience, you know, we get those little snippets where he's like suggesting the uncle isn't on the up and up. Right. But but overall, we follow along with Miles. And so we find out these things as Miles does about yeah. his uncle. And we're sad. I mean, I was sad about his uncle dying, even though, you know, he kills people at the end. But yeah. Yeah, he's still his uncle. And that's yeah. the thing is, and, and different people react to these sorts of things differently. Some people would just say, you're not who I thought you were and completely shut a person off. Right. And then other people will say, wait a minute, you're you're still my uncle and yet you do these things. And it would be this, you know, there are different reactions people might have, but you're absolutely right. He's... He's not a different character just because you find out he's a villain. Well, and you know what? The first thing it made me kind of think about is how, like, I have known people that have done bad things because they were addicted to something. Mm, yeah. Like, they've done bad things that they were addicted to. As a matter of fact, they're, I've had family members that have done mm. bad things because they were addicted to something but they were always extremely good to me right mm. like i i have fond memories of uh, of of them i have i have respect for them i mm-hmm. love them they are still my family uh mm-hmm. but they certainly did a lot of bad things because of yeah their that not like their 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 choices and their their lifestyle to the point where it wasn't really a choice anymore it yeah. was kind of just and, what well, they and had. that's a really complicated thing so you're talking about the context with in which things happen right so things don't happen in a vacuum all of these different factors lead to actions that a person takes right and you can have varying levels of of what we see of as people's level of morality or being quote unquote a good person and and once again our our brains we've talked about this over and over again but it's a major theme because it's so complicated we we just can't get around it life is too complicated to see things in black and white yeah it's not as simple as good people do good things bad people do bad things right and and you even hit on something, too, that I, I think is uh, intriguing. And we don't get the answer from Miles' uncle. Uh, but you're, I mean, I know I'm left questioning and, and wondering because he's so good to Miles. You wonder mm-hmm. why he's doing such bad things in another place. Right. Uh, but but you hit on a good point that um, even, even within the context of things, there's the question of what is truly a person's choice? So right. what do they have control over versus not? The ever-ending question of when does a person's brain chemistry come into play? When is it their their responsibility and some that is their character that that we blame we blame the person for versus we blame the brain for? Yeah. Um but we always seem to find the need to blame something for these bad actions or not so great actions that happen, but yeah, I mean it's complicated, and, and I mean I'm kind of hoping in the next movie we see a little bit of how Miles is reacting to his his uncle's death. Um, yeah, yeah, because it happens. It happens. Oh, it happens so fast. Quick. It happens quick, and it's like the it's definitely like a a low point because it's also I mean it's his as his his dad also takes it mm-hmm. hard as yep. well because he wasn't close with his brother and so he's also in this thing like wow i never got things right with him mm-hmm. uh and then the thing that i did the thing that did make me happy was that like his his uncle did his his uncle didn't like once he found out that it was mouse yeah it wasn't one of those things like let me think about what to do like mm-hmm. he was 
ex- he was just like extremely apologetic and honestly very upset with himself. Yeah, he was the, a hard stop there. Yeah, because in some storylines, you get more of a question mark about the person. They'll they'll all of a sudden you'll start seeing the the veil come off essentially, and you mm-hmm. see that there was maybe some not so great stuff underneath the surface, and right. and you know the, sh- the shock and awe kind of stuff they add. But you're right with this, they they seem to maintain the same person that we were seeing in the uncle. Yeah, when he once again he's still the villain and he's supposed to kill Spider Man. Yeah, but then he sees it's Miles. And he stays the uncle. And, and you know, one of the things that was interesting was when it happened, it made me kind of think, okay, sometimes things like that have to happen in order to snap you out of your system. Like, And I think mm. he had gotten so used to just, like, killing people for money, right? Or yeah, he had just gotten so used to it that it was like, oh, these are real people. This yeah. is my nephew. You know, it really could be, and and so he mentions, the uncle mentions it at one point to Miles how when he would go around tagging things as a kid, Miles' dad was there too. And yeah. so potentially, I'm making a lot of leaps here, yeah. but potentially they might have been running with maybe the same not so great crew and they split at a certain point where Miles' dad was like, no, I'm not doing this anymore. And the uncle continues with going down this path. And so one of the things that can be really interesting is, you know, you were talking about being snapped out of it, out of it and being like, wait a minute, should I, should I be doing this? And, and that might seem kind of, for some people that might seem ridiculous to them. How can you not see that, that this is so bad? Why would it take such a thing to snap you out of it, out of it? But you have to think of it in terms of what kinds of environments people have been in, which is not, we were talking about excuses and reasons earlier. It's not an excuse. It's just explaining things where yeah. if you, there's actually kind of the, this understanding psychologically where um, let's say a person grows up and they're in a gang mm-hmm. and they're in a gang their whole life. Well, to them, certain things are going to be normal Right. that for someone who was not in a gang, but was say in surrounding neighborhoods and whatnot would be very much out of their norm. And so, you know, that's one of those things you you could absolutely be right that the uncle was in a certain set of circumstances surrounded by certain people. He made certain choices that kept him in that world. And then all of a sudden miles is plopped suddenly jarringly in the middle of that world. And he goes, Whoa. Yeah. It's like his, his world's, his world's his world's mix but it's interesting the way you bring up uh that like how different groups of people have almost like different customs and different yeah. like i did it, it honestly is it's kind of like uh what's the what's the phrase like the anthropology phrase cultural relativism mm. and it uh but it's like <laughs> there's always a hard line at like what is a crime and what isn't? And that's when it like gets, it becomes yeah. very ethical, but you do wonder like, okay, at what point did the, the, his uncle Aaron become a product of his environment? Mm. Uh, and another, and fun, why didn't Miles' yeah. dad become the same product of his yeah. environment? And so, uh, and one like little fun side note, that character, his uncle Aaron actually, appears in uh spider-man homecoming played by donald glover do you remember when spider-man finds the guy to interrogate and he he webs his hands to the car Mm. it was and it was it was played by donald glover uh and and he's he's the one that's like selling the illegal weapons and he even Uh. drops the line he's like I got a nephew that lives over there. 
And it was one of those <laughs> things. It was like a little Easter egg. Like, oh, snap. I know who he's talking about. Like, it's, I need yeah. to rewatch that movie now. Yeah. I'm sure but, I noticed it at the time, but it's been a little while. I need to rewatch. Yeah. But I mean, even, even, even in that movie, though, they, they throw, they throw you the long bomb. It's like the, the Spider-Man's girlfriend, his, her dad's a supervillain. It's like, no, like it's, <laughs> <laughs> these worlds shouldn't be mixed, but Spider-Man should like, he should know better now. Like everybody he knows is in on it in some way. Mm-hmm. Like either his dad, like all of his friends' dads are supervillains, or his friends end up becoming supervillains, right? And so that's the thing is that I liked how, and, and I know you talked about really liking the villains with, with Spider-Man, and and that being one of the reasons that he's one of your favorites for Marvel. I I like with this. How they they have the twist, but they don't go super villain. Like you think with super villain, you think of someone who is going to do what's in their best interest no matter what. And when it comes to his uncle, like you were saying, it rips him completely out of what he's doing and, and he stops. He doesn't he doesn't shift and and go and go after his nephew. Mm-hmm. He he halts, he stops, and he completely shifts. Probably, I mean, he probably knew he was probably only going to live very long. I mean, a lot happened in like 20 it seconds. Was qu- yeah, it was a lot it was going quick. on. It was quick. Very quick, yeah. But that kind of guy probably knows in the moment that any sort of hesitation is can be mm-hmm. very deadly. Right. So I, I liked that they they kept him the uncle. They kept him consistent. They didn't turn him into an, oh, surprise, he's actually this very evil guy underneath. And you just didn't know. No, he's still his uncle. Yeah, and so we're all uncle. still sad when he dies. Yeah. And and even, even Fisk, even Kingpin in mm. this movie, his motive is yep. he wants to get his family back that he lost you know it, it's like no one is very wanda yeah yeah no one's a hundred percent no no everyone still loves someone even the villains even the and that's something that i i feel like reigns true throughout all uh, all of spider's villains th- that we've mm. seen in the movies i mean you know uh norman osborne he loves mm-hmm. harry he loves yep. harry doc ock he lost his wife he was in love with mm-hmm. He was in love with her. Sandman was just trying to help his sick daughter. Like all of these villains have, yeah, they 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 have reasons that she's like, I get it. They're like, human. I, I get it. Right. They're they're yeah. they're human, and it's and but it's it's that's what makes it interesting. It's like they're they're they are characters where it's like their backstory is very tragic but i would love to know way more about his uncle because in the comics uh the prowler his uncle is still alive Mm. yeah in the comics he didn't die and so i'm wondering if maybe we'll see some of that in the next movie since we're touching on the multiverse again i'm like hey there's lots of uncle aaron's out there right like oh yeah that's a good point but uh and it was but it was really good especially when this young Peter is suddenly around all of these, uh, you could almost say seasoned, seasoned veterans. And he's still trying to do the best he can, but he's still in a circle where he doesn't feel good enough. And that's such Mm -hmm. a, that's such an awkward, such an awkward place to be in. It's kind of like when you start a new job and you have the brain for it. You you know how you know eventually I can do it, but everyone around me is just so good at it that it's kind of making mm-hmm. me look bad. Like it makes me feel inferior yeah. even though I, like I have powers. <laughs> I yeah, it was such a hard place for for Miles Morales to be in terms of being a new spider folk. <laughs> spider folk. <laughs> Where the superpowers Superpowers often, if not always, are talked about in a way where you you really have to become more 
psychologically and physically attuned to yourself Mm -hmm. in order to effectively use your powers. And so they're often, you know, in these storylines, it's not that you, you get the powers and bam, you can just use them and exactly how you want to use them. There's usually some sort of learning curves that happen and he's having to learn this during a lot of shit going down. I mean, (laughs) it's the worst time. He literally, he gets his powers and then the multiverse is like splitting apart and the the Spider-Man who's already around dies and then in oh, front they're going to split yeah. in front of him. And then, oh, they're going to split the multiverse again. And it's all going to tear apart. Yeah. And so it's terrible timing. Yeah. And so he's he's trying to learn on a very tight schedule, essentially, yeah. how to use his superpowers on command, become more attuned to himself in in a way that he can use. I mean, he's got like some fight or flight res- response invisibility, which is really yeah. cool. He's got the like stick into the walls and ceiling, and electricity. And, yeah, all kinds. Oh, yeah, of the electricity, stuff. and and just like in in most, if not all, other tropes, not only are his, are the powers different across the different spider folks, so so someone can't just kind of teach him specifically about his powers but how you connect with them and use them effectively is very nuanced and so they can't even hand him a cheat sheet and and so unfortunately it just it lends to him feeling even more inferior with everything going on especially because honestly there are quite a few times in a movie where they just expect them to do it they're like hey turn invisible or hey do this and it's like dude he he can't he's new at it and then they're just like well it, it almost gets them, they're like, okay, well, we're going to put him on the bench. And it's like, no, that's not how you handle that. You need to keep him <laughs> in the game. Like, I I know you, you want what's best for him, but what's best for him is actually to, like, help him figure out how to use his powers. And, yes, yeah, some of it might be a trial by fire, but you, you can't just, like, take the easy route. Let's just mm-hmm. leave him home. Let's just leave yeah. him home. Like, no. You know, that's a fair point because for me, I, I really got where they were coming from because there there were big stakes, some really important stuff happening, also very dangerous, you yeah. know, so they're trying to keep his best interests in mind, but also they don't want to, you know, they don't want to have someone around who might mess up what's going on because they really need to succeed. But you're actually pulling up my therapist's heartstrings is what you're talking about, where yeah, you know, you have to be careful because sometimes we want to help someone by putting on training wheels. Right. And Or like you were saying, saying, nope, you got to stay home or nope, that's not for you yet. You're not ready for it. And, and we have to be really careful because there, there's definitely such a thing as, as asking too much. Like you were saying, why are you asking him to just do these things on command? You know he just got his powers. But there's a, a middle ground between asking too much and keeping someone home right and like you said how do you make sure that okay maybe there are training wheels but it leads to him getting where he needs to go rather than holding him back and actually keeping everyone from succeeding altogether yeah because it and it's 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 very interesting it makes the movie it makes the movie really good because honestly even though all of these people are well spider folk because i can't say people Mm -hmm. because there is a pig there's a pig (laughs) they're they're (laughs) all they're they're all essentially possible mentors for him but at the end of the day it's still him that has to make the decision like Mm. i have to do this yep i have to i have to i gotta do it because if it's up to them, this is never going to happen. <laughs> and so, well, and and I guess too, if it's if it's up to them, and they I were have on to a clock. wait, I have to. They were on a clock, and at the same time, if if you're waiting, what well, what were you talking about earlier? There's always an excuse. There's always a reason. There's always a reason not to do things or right. to do things in a certain way, and so for for him. And I mean, here's the thing. I mean, he could have really futzed it up. Let's say he can't get his powers working and it cr- makes everything fall apart, which, you know, this wasn't that kind of movie, fortunately. But, right. you know, there, there's such a thing as 
going at something too quickly. But yeah, he was held back quite a bit because of the circumstances. And yeah, that would be tough. You know, um, one of the things that gave me a laugh that kind of connects to what we're talking about is, uh, what were they doing? Um, so, so Peter Parker and Miles Morales steal the computer or the data information or whatever yes. from Doc Ock. And so, uh, I think, I think Peter is trying to get him to use webbing to swing through the trees to get away, I think is what he, he's like, oh, you know, well, I don't know how to do that. And he says something along the lines of like, well, the best time to learn is during intense life-threatening pressure. Right. <laughs> and obviously he's being sarcastic. Yeah. Um, but it, it just gave me a laugh because, oh my God, that is not the best set of circumstances. <laughs> it's the opposite. What's, it's, it's the opposite. opposite. And so the thing, so there is a sweet spot. And and ideally, you don't have the intense life-threatening pressure, which unfortunately is all the only kind of pressure available throughout the whole movie. That's yeah. all Miles has is the intense life-threatening pressure. And everyone else understandably recognizes you're trying to learn something incredibly complex that this is not the best timing for. You know, every time I think about Spider-Man and how this all happens to him in high school... I yeah. always wonder, I'm like, you know, man, New York, you go northern New York, Professor X's school for gifted yeah, yeah. children, it's right there. Like, <laughs> Well, maybe, he's not a mutant, maybe, though. Well, I'm, I mean. I think Professor X would still let him in, probably. Absolutely. I think, think technically, I mean, it definitely mutated him. Mm. Mutant. <laughs> Wasn't born with it, but definitely got it. <laughs> he gets yeah, to be I, in the club, right? I don't know what uh, the limitation is for uh, the gifted children up there. Oh, he's one of the most gifted. They take him just because they're like, he has to be a part of the team. He good. He good. Yeah. As good. a matter of fact, wasn't he in? I think he was in the Fantastic Four for a little while. Like one of the Fantastic Four was sidelined, and it was just like, oh, all, all it right. was just like, and Spider Man. <laughs> like he was just, <laughs> he does whatever he wants. Like yeah, he was. Yeah, uh, I can't remember when it was at, but yeah, I think he spent a little while as part of the Fantastic Four, because why not? Uh, and so yeah, Spider-Man can fit in anywhere, and this, and Miles also just ends up doing it. He fits in, and he really, mm -hmm. but what it took was, and, and I this is something that's really important to me, what it took was him doing his own thing. Yes. I that's what I really liked. It wasn't like, hey, follow this textbook to be the best mm -hmm. Spider-Man. Like, no, you have to do your own thing. And that happens so many times. We won't do things to the best of our ability because we're stuck on doing it a way that we saw or a system yes. that uh, that we saw and we try our best to figure it out. And it's like, no, you you have to do it differently. Mm -hmm. You have to figure out your own way. It's almost like yep. being, uh, you know, being left-handed in a right-handed world. It's like, look, <laughs> you're going to have to figure out a different way of doing this because clearly the way this doesn't naturally work for you, you have to figure out what naturally mm -hmm. works well for yeah. you. And so I yeah. really loved uh, how they they showed that in such an epic moment when he's like swinging through the city and he jumps from the building. It was, oh, I love it. So good, so good. You know, you bring up a really good point, and and I love the, I love the example you gave. I, and I actually, if I remember correctly, there was a time where people tr they tried to force children who were left-handed to be right-handed. Um, uh, yes, it honestly, my my mom, she was she she tells me she was supposed to be left-handed and oh. they they kind of forced they kind of forced right on her and so, yeah so isn't that interesting because because what what i initially liked about your example is that it's not one of those things that we see as oh a, a, a right or a wrong or a right, right or a left if if you will but even that actually at a certain point in time people saw as well left-handed is wrong at least oh yeah at least in our country i don't know about they others they used to but... call us sinister I'm lefty, by the way. Oh, <laughs> yeah. nice. That's why I said us. I used to call it sinister. <laughs> so, so it's so interesting because 
yeah, for some reason, we'll we'll automatically put things into the right pile or the wrong pile. Oh, this is how you do it correctly. This is how you do it incorrectly. If you don't do it this way, there's something wrong with you. Right. Or you're bad or there's something missing or da da da. But absolutely, it, there are many, and, and in fact, I would argue most circumstances where a lot of times you're right. The, the struggle is trying to do things the way you think is expected or it's quote unquote supposed to be. Because yeah, there just there's so much range of variability in what may work for a person and what people may need for themselves. And so not getting stuck in, okay, how do I be just like these other spider folk? But how do I be me as a spider person or a spider yeah. folk? Uh, it it reminds me, bringing up my uh, my mom again, this is something she passed down to me. My mom had, my mom taught herself how to tie her own shoes. <laughs> and then she taught me the way that she taught herself. And it is different from anyone else. I might have to make an like Instagram video. I was about to say, I am and, so intrigued. And, and show it. But yeah, I tie my shoes differently than anyone I've ever seen. And every time I, I've seen someone's watch me do it, they're like, what the hell was that? Like, I'm it, so interested yeah, right now. Cause I do. Yeah. It's this whole different thing, but it's like, it's what she, it's what she had to figure out and it's what worked for her. Cause she could, she had to tie her shoes and obviously the way that they were trying to show her wasn't really working. And so she figured out her own thing. And of course she passed it down to me. And that's amazing. I, but yeah, like she, yeah. yeah but what are you going to, are you going to pass it down to your children, your own mini rebellion? I will attempt to, I will, I will, I'm going to attempt to, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. We'll I know you're not the only parent, so you might get vetoed, but the best one though. <laughs> Make sure she doesn't listen to this episode. You gotta just <laughs> shh, shh. Put, this one, <laughs> put this one in the vault for a while. But that's such a great point. And I mean, even with, I mean, children even, you know, I've, I've been reading some stuff and, and was even talking to my own mom where, where she was, she was so mystified once that um, I don't remember the circumstance, but someone's, someone's kid was like, I think playing with a toy and they were playing with it differently than you're quote unquote supposed to. And they actually stopped them and were like, you're doing it wrong. Versus just, you know, who says there's a right or wrong way of playing with the toy per se. And, and so like a lot, a lot of times as adults, we start thinking less creatively and less flexibly Mm -hmm. and we get stuck in the, here's how it's supposed to do be done. And then we create these walls and barriers. And like you said, if if Miles Morales had stuck to that, he wouldn't have been able to use his own powers and especially not that quickly. Well, it's our our brains get kind of locked into it. It's it's kind of like even in at work, it's like there's a certain system to doing all things. And it's like if you don't follow that system, you lose your job. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's it. And so it's you, you kind of get locked in like, hey. That wasn't in the instruction manual. That wasn't in the recipe. Mm-hmm. What are you doing right now? And it's like, but it could be better. It could be worse. But you never know until you try. And at a certain point, yeah, you got to figure out a system that works well for you. And I, I yeah. just, I really love that. How just Miles just really came, uh, came into his into his own. But at the same mm-hmm. time, he was still like the funny, awkward teenager that that oh, like so that you love but it was like he he figured that out and locked that down and so i'm really i'm super excited about the uh the the next movie because it looks oh, me too. it looks fun and all the different characters like i loved all of them i uh mm-hmm. i loved uh spider-man noir i loved his darkness I was he about was fun nicholas cage was, nicholas cage was just at the peak of nicholas cageness in that role <laughs> I, I loved it so I loved I loved his, his him being so infatuated with the Rubik's Cube. Yeah. It's so colorful. <laughs> How could he not? <laughs> and How he kept he trying not? to guess colors and was guessing them wrong. Oh yeah. poor guy. Oh, it was great. I loved so it. Good. Uh do we do we what's our mindful nerd moment for yeah. for today? So I know that you mentioned last time that, that you or maybe not last time. I don't know what order we're putting the podcast episodes in. But in one of our most recent episodes, yeah. uh, you mentioned uh, trying to guess what they would be. And this is actually one where when it came up, I was like, hmm, I wonder if Keaton would guess this one. 
Um, so I really liked this scene in the movie. It was actually right before the swinging from the trees part where they're trying to steal the stuff from Doc Ock. Mm-hmm. And once again, Miles Morales, he's figuring out his his superpowers essentially as they go. And he ends up getting stuck to the ceiling. Yes. And he can't get down. And then so Peter essentially is like, well, what do you do to relax? And so then he starts singing to himself. And Peter's like, are you kidding me right now? Uh, but it works. <laughs> yeah. And he ends up being able to unstick from the ceiling. Like that. And so... Yeah, so I thought this would be a really great uh, mindful nerd moment because there's a lot going on, a lot of pressure, and he's able to focus in on his song and trying to kind of relax, you know, help his body kind of do what he's needing it to do and release himself from the ceiling. So I figure we do Miles Morales getting unstuck from the ceiling. Here for it. All right. So as we always do, sit straight but comfortably close your eyes if you're okay with that if not you can also just don't focus on anything in particular in the room and focus on your breath using that is just a way for us to hone in on this mindful nerd moment no matter what else has been going on for you this day just as best you can focusing in on your breath and on my voice and we're going to focus in on exactly what I was talking about being Miles Morales in this movie specifically we are Miles Morales we are in our you know cheap but effective when you need it Spider-Man costume that we got from from the store and unfortunately we are stuck to the ceiling so I want you to just feel what it's like to be stuck to the ceiling I want you to feel what it's like under your feet and your hands and your fingertips. Notice the the feel of your costume and also the what you can feel of the ceiling through the the costume material. I want you to to feel the weight of gravity that's that's pulling your body down. I want you to feel your heart racing because, you know, it's stressful. You guys are trying to steal information from Doc Ock. This is not the best time to be stuck, but your hands aren't and feet aren't moving from the ceiling. So notice that heart racing. Notice the tension you might feel in your body. Notice that there are any feelings or thoughts that are running through you. And it might be things like I'm having the thought of this isn't good. I'm having a feeling of panic. I am thinking to myself, I'm letting Peter down. So just noticing those things and and at the same time creating that separation. I'm having a thought of. I'm having a feeling of. I'm having a feeling of fear. I don't know what's going to happen next. And next you hear Peter and he suggests that you find something to help you relax. And you love music. But you're stuck to the ceiling. You're feeling the gravity. You're feeling your heart racing. You're feeling all these things. But you take a deep breath. And you focus in almost like you have your headphones on. It's almost as if those headphones are on. And you start humming to yourself. And you're focusing in on your song. And before you know it, your fingertips and your your feet slowly release from the ceiling and you drop down to the floor. All right, now you can skedaddle. So you run out of that room, you escape, good job. And now I want you to take a few deep breaths of relief. Whew, we did it. Pat yourself on the back. Good job, Miles. I did it. And when you're ready, shift that breathing from being Miles to being yourself, listening to the podcast. And we'll touch base with you, Keaton, on how that went. Uh, I enjoyed it. I mean, I, I, uh, I already talked about how great the 
soundtrack was. And I think that song that he always hums is uh, Post Malone, Sunflower. And yes. It's, it's mm-hmm. such a, it's a very catchy song. I remember when it came out, the radio just like. It was everywhere. It was everywhere. <laughs> and I never, it was one of those that I never got tired of though. Cause it's such a, it's such a, a happy go lucky, like perky song it's like so and i just yeah, yeah. I, it's very upbeat but the whole soundtrack is that way i love mm. love love the soundtrack for into the spider-verse so yeah i really i really like that mindful mindful singing i that's a good one i that's a really good one because oh gosh the number of times i put on music to relax or just to like slow my mind down in just mm-hmm. enough of a fashion that i can try and concentrate on one thing so a lot of the times if i'm listening to music and i'm trying to like relax i'll listen to something that like either i'm trying to completely take my mind off of something so i'll listen Mm. to like a song i really like or if i'm trying to concentrate on one particular thing i'll put on something without words yeah uh that Mm -hmm. way it's like my it's not it, it it's enough that my mind isn't completely quiet yes. but it also isn't completely taking me away from like the paper I'm typing or mm-hmm. the the work that I'm studying or the grading I'm doing and so yeah I I really really liked that I think that one really comes in really comes in handy nice. I like that and I love this movie Spider-Man Thanks for nerding out with us. I'm clinical psychologist, Dr. Amelia Brown. Find me on social media at Crafting the Mind. And I'm comic enthusiast and professional nerd, Keaton Hopkins. Check out my TV and movie reviews on YouTube at TeamJBS. Check out our website at bat-therapy.com, our Bat Therapy YouTube channel, and follow us on social media. See you next week. Same Bat time, same Bat channel.